It's time to unleash the expert. What is he an expert on? Relationships, sex, spirituality, and rediscovering yourself beyond the trauma. Get ready to unleash more purpose, passion, and pleasure in your life. Here's the expert himself, Mr. Brandon Patrick. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Brandon Patrick Show. Um, the expert. I got to say, I am not the self-proclaimed expert. Um, I I was called the expert years ago, and it kind of turned into this thing. So now I guess I'm the expert, but I guess I'm running with it still. I'm just trying to have fun with it. My intro, um, <laughs> if you guys listen to the intro music, you know, it might make you laugh or whatever, but I got a... a comment on instagram from somebody who hates my intro they can't stand it um they say it's such a turn off and it's uh i'm just we're just having fun with it people ask me all the time like who is that like who who's the woman that um that's a very good actress um who is also my wife so uh she did a great job so i appreciate her doing that that voiceover and getting that intro done. So, um, you guys, I'm excited today. I, I don't know how far we're going to get, uh, but what I've done <laughs> is just compiled some questions that I've received over the last couple of weeks. And it's kind of a hodgepodge of the different topics that I talk about all the time. Um, with these questions, I probably won't get into too much depth, um, on each of them because, uh, I have like five or six questions to get to. So um, I'll take a few minutes on each, but each one of these questions could definitely probably be a series of po podcast episodes. So um, I'll do my best in the limited time I have for each one of these and then just try to move on. Hopefully I can get to some answers and and or hopefully I can get to some ways to contemplate and think about these things differently in order to process and discuss and understand um, these topics. So uh, you're going to see a mix of the different things that I talk about all the time in these questions. So my inbox is very kind of interesting and entertaining. Um, you never know what I'm going to get in there. And I love the questions. So um you can you can send me questions. Go to my website, the Brandon Patrick Show, and you can do a contact form there. You can you can get a hold of me there. So, okay, first question: What is healthy masculinity, especially when it comes to sexuality? Um, where do I begin? Um, so, this is an interesting question because I think where this comes from is I talk a lot about how we need to stop the culture of shame and fear and control and self-rejection when it comes to our sexuality and step into um, more of self-acceptance, um, authenticity, openness, honesty. And um, I think in many ways, uh, masculine sexuality is feared in, in a lot of ways. And it's and and same with feminine sexuality actually both sides but masculine sexuality is is feared it's it's very uh judged and um looked at as problematic it's both feared and it's also revered in in some ways and 
um, it's overbearing. So what I mean by that is um, it's in our face. Um, you know, masculine sexuality kind of takes over um, and there's not much room for femininity in sexuality because masculine sexuality dominates. So on one hand, it's rightfully so feared. And on the other hand, it is shut down because it's taught that it's dangerous and not okay. So there's actually a healthy place when it comes to masculine sexuality, a really healthy, healthy place. So let me explain how it's feared and then how it, it takes over. So, um, you know, in, in the culture and the the systems that I've been in for my my whole life, and in, in treating sex addiction, um, men are told that they you know have to fit everything within a box in order to be a healthy sexual human being. And um, you know, with with the internet coming out, you know, back in the day, back in the day, Playboy came out and that took over the world, and every, you know, all these guys were looking at it in secrecy. And then all of a sudden in the nineties, the internet came out and everything was available and women do struggle with pornography addiction. That's it's a, it's a real thing, but a lot more men do than women. And one of the reasons is, is because um, when it comes to masculinity and sexuality, it's much more, it's, it's two things. It's much more visual. So masculine sexuality is more visual than it is um, sensual. So, um, looking at something, um, arouses a man, um, uh, very easily. And also masculine sexuality is much more results oriented than it is about experience and, and presence. So, um, what I mean by that is when you take the internet and you take everything, uh, you know, at our fingertips, um, a man can visually look at it and, um, watch something that, that he doesn't need to, um, stop and really feel in order to have that sexual experience. Um, and so because of that, it's very enticing, um, to, look at something and to get a result. Okay. Um, so it's, it's wreaked havoc in many ways. Um, so masculinity and the questions I get all the time about, like, I'm, I'm not okay if my, my husband's attracted to multiple women, or I'm not okay if he's attracted to younger women or, um, and the fact of the matter is, is he is visual and the fact of the matter is, is he's he is built to assess um, naturally for partners for fertility and reproduction. Okay, now a, a, a masculine man who's healthy both accepts that about himself and knows that, and can manage that um, with strength and with his own power, and choose in to being a faithful committed partner um somebody who's going to create safety in their relationship so both things exist at the same time yes my physical attraction my sexuality is there and yes 
I can manage that. Um, it do, I have control over it. It doesn't have control over me. And the way that I control it is not by rejecting that it's there. It's by accepting that it's there and then choosing what I want in my life. Um, the the visual stimulation or arousal that I have is awesome, but I'm only going to go so far with it because I have an ability to manage that. And I have an ability to accept what my purpose is and what consequences I want in my life. And I choose that. I don't have a woman telling me that I have to choose that in order for me to choose that. I choose that. Um, so that, you know, everybody's arousal template is different. Everybody, ha and I'm talking men and women. Um, so, but a, a, a healthy masculine man is able to, to know that, yes, mine is unique. It is different. It is, it is me. And I acknowledge it. I accept it, but I choose what I want in my life with it. Okay. So, um, and, and where where I see it get backwards a lot of times is where the partner is trying to force the man in order to be what they need them to be in order to be safe. And the reality is, is what they need in order to be safe is they need a man who is strong, trusts himself, and is authentic, and also a man who's committed to them. And all those things can exist. Okay, I could go on and on about this one. This is like one of my favorite topics, masculinity, sexuality. Um, you know, it's interesting. One of the theories is is that um, that uh, when kind of some of the history happened, when um, wars happened, churches got really powerful, um, and men took over as kind of the power figures, they viewed... Uh, femininity and women's sexuality as scary because it was something that could get them in trouble. And so, uh, you know, uh, uh, one characteristic of femininity is um, sensuality. And uh, I think there was a time when this was honored and this was respected and, and there was way more opportunity for that in, in our culture and in our, our lives. Um, but the, the toxic patriarchy came along and said, cover yourselves, hide yourselves. Um, don't be sensual because that we don't have control. And so we need to control you and your feminine sexuality so that we can maintain ourselves and our control. And women fell, a lot of women fell into these systems and they started to shut themselves down as sexual beings, as sensual beings, um, as a result. And, and I think a lot of, a lot of the things that we practice and do today, just naturally and unconsciously stem from that. Um, and we don't think twice about it. It's just the way that it is, but there's a message that, uh, sex is is a man's thing and, um, you know, not a feminine thing. And that that's a big problem. So anyways, I could go on and on about that. Maybe for another day, I'll do a full episode on that one. Um, let's shift gears here. Okay. Next question. 
do you have to do plant medicine to heal um, your trauma? <laughs> I can understand why I'm getting this question because I talk about plant medicine journey a lot. Um, I've done my own plant medicine journeys. I won't get into all of that. You guys, if you've listened to me, you know where I stand when it comes to plant medicine. And um, I actually did a really good episode on plant medicine on the Therapy Brothers podcast a couple months ago. So if you if you want more information about what, how I feel about that and what that is, um, there's a guy, his name's Ben, and he's just asking questions about it. And I'm answering all kinds of questions about plant medicine. Um, but to answer the question, no, 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 you don't need plant medicine to heal your trauma. Um, I I think that God, I believe that God made those things when used with the right intention to help release energy and to help heal. And when you do it in the right way where it's calling to you and you're stepping into that, <clears throat> it can have a profound effect on you. And at the same time, the research is showing that the plant medicine journey itself doesn't really heal you. It can awaken you it can help you let go of things, but it's the aftercare work that really matters. It's the consistency. It's the making the changes in your life that you need to make as a result of the awakening that you had. And so if you have all of this consciousness come and all of this stuff um, downloaded to you and knowledge and understanding and releasing of all the toxic bad energy from the ceremony, that's all fine and dandy. That's great. But if you do nothing after that, you're going to go right back to resonating the same way and getting the same results in your life. Um, there's other things just as powerful, just as good as plant medicine. Um, but I would challenge you, if you're trying to get around doing plant medicine because of some should or some shame that's saying, oh, I can't do that because I'm scared, um, maybe it's calling to you for a reason. Um, but there are other things. You can do some holotropic breathing. I've gotten into that lately. Um, it's as powerful as a plant medicine journey. It's incredible. Um, some experiences in nature um, where you can find some solitude and just, just really connect to God. It's amazing how what we need to heal from our trauma is always with us and right inside of us. So what we need is some silence sometimes, some nature, some breath. Your body knows how to heal. Your soul knows how to heal itself. It's our ego that is constantly fighting kind of in the way of getting down to that place of us that can surrender. And the medicine, plant medicine helps you overcome that, but you can absolutely do it without the plant medicine. Now, I do believe that you need to have an experience in order to heal. So um, you can't talk, because if you're, if you're trying to just use your ego to overcome your trauma, then you're probably reinforcing a lot of the energy and a lot of the beliefs that the trauma has given you. Um, when you, when you, when you put yourself in a position of feeling something different, of opening up to something different, then you experience something different and that creates the shifts in your life. So 
come to a retreat, do plant medicine, do some breathing, do some ART, do some EMDR. There are answers. There are things that you absolutely can choose and step into in order to release the the toxic energy that that you've taken on from the trauma that you've experienced in your life. And I've been on somewhat of a quest to actually find some of those answers. Um, I spent 10 years just trying to talk people out of their trauma. It didn't work. I know It doesn't work. You can process it and process it and process it. But you need an emotionally, spiritually corrective experience in order to fully surrender and let go of some of that stuff. Um. Okay, next question here. Um, is there an archetype continuum where I know everything still, um, but I believe and choose in? Okay, I got to explain this one a little bit. Um, <laughs> so I had a past episode where I went through a continuum of different archetypes when it comes to faith expansion. And along that continuum, it's it's interesting to look at because if we're if we're moving along a faith expansion, then um, you've probably hit upon several of those archetypes. And if you'll remember, there were things like head in the clouds, the culturalist, do it for you, um, the indignant. I'm just trying to remember all of them off the top of my head, um, but those were some of them. And I won't explain every every single one of them, but um, the question comes from that episode and, um, what they're saying is, is there, is there a person who knows everything? So what they mean is they've looked at the history of the church. Um, they have, um, searched, they have understood all of the things that have happened and their shelf didn't break. They, they didn't fall away, but they stay in and they still believe. Okay. Um, I suppose that there can be an archetype like this because it is not my job to tell anybody what they should and shouldn't choose to believe at all. So they can do all the research and they can know a lot more than I know about whatever when it comes to church history or whatever and they can still believe and still choose in. Um, so absolutely, there could be this archetype. What I would say is a lot of times what I what I see is where people say that they know everything, but they don't. And they, they have actually actively avoided um, researching things or discounted good sources and good information because it doesn't fit within what they need it to fit within. And I would say when you when you do the research, you need to start with a blank slate. What, what one of the big problems is is we are conditioned to start with how do I fit this in the narrative of what I need it to be in order for me to continue to believe. Okay, so I would I I the the other side of that also exists where don't start with I'm looking for proof that it's all false. 
that that I, you know, here's I'm just looking for that so I can just prove it all to be false because then what you're researching is going to be skewed. It's going to confirmation bias is going to set in on either either direction. So lay lay the facts out there. Just research, just study, just figure out whatever it is you're you need to look at. Okay. And um but a lot of a lot of the people who want to be the I know everything, but I still choose in don't know everything <laughs> and haven't really even tried, but want to claim that they have. Okay. So Yes, that archetype absolutely could exist. That archetype is not the person who claims to have looked at everything but hasn't or has looked at everything with a bias, with a big bias, and then chooses in. That archetype is, I have let go of what it needs to be. I'm looking at the facts, and then I'll choose in or I'll choose out or I'll be somewhere in the middle along the continuum somewhere. Um, uh, okay. That was a, that was a good question. I, I need to get back to talking about the continuum and the archetypes. I, I got a, a good response from that. And, um, I think it's important. It's important for us to understand kind of wh who, where people are at around us, but more importantly, to understand where we're at and to do it non-judgmentally with the people around us and with ourselves. This is a process. It's a journey. Um, you, you we're developing. And so like it's, it's just information and it's, it's beautiful and there's no should one way or the other. Um, okay. And if you haven't listened to that episode, I would highly recommend go back and listen to my archetype episode. Okay, next question. What does accepting your sexuality look like and accepting your partner's sexuality look like? <laughs> oh, man. Um, I actually love this question. I think it's foreign to a lot of people. And so when we go from, um, okay, let's not try to shove everything into a specific box. A lot of times where people's minds and thoughts go to is now you're saying that we have to accept everything about what anyone wants to do sexually. And the fact of the matter is, is um, no, that's not the case. So I can accept my sexuality. It's it's what I was saying earlier about masculinity. I can accept my sexuality and still choose to um, act a certain way where I don't have certain consequences in my life. So, if like if my wife came to me and said, "Hey," and this isn't this isn't the case, I I just want to say, but if she came to me and said, "Hey, hey, Brandon, I want to sleep with a bunch of people." And I, accepting her sexuality, my first response would be, tell me more. What, what's going on? Who, who are you? Where are you at? And 
hopefully she'd open up and kind of process it and figure it out and discuss with me. Now, if my wife came to me and said, hey, Brandon, I slept with a bunch of people. Um, my response wouldn't be, tell me where you're at. Okay. My response would be, oh, um, okay. Uh, but like, help me understand that. But then along with that response would also be, and here's my boundaries. Like, this is where I'm at. And this is how that affects me. And there are consequences in our relationship um, if you actually go and do some of these things and break some of these 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 boundaries. And so she let's say both happen. Let's say she comes to me and says, Brandon, I think I want to sleep with a bunch of people. And I say, tell me where you're at. Like, help me understand. And she talks all about it. And I understand and I empathize and and, but I also am honest with her and I say, you know, I don't know if I can stay in a relationship with you if you go and do that. And so then she says, I think I'm going to do that. And she goes off and she sleeps with a bunch of people. Now I can, ouch, like, ouch. Now my life is rocked. It's everything's changed, right? And I can, I can still show up with love and say, okay, like, you acted on what you felt like was your truth. Um, I appreciate that you talked to me about it beforehand. You went and did this. I understand why. And I hope you can understand why I can't stay in a relationship with you. Because it's not what I'm choosing when it comes to my sexuality and my relationship and my life. Um. So as an interdependent partner here, I love you, I care about you, but I still have to show up for me too. Now, I know this is kind of a ridiculous example, and I, I give it because it's kind of extreme, but the principles are, what are what's important. I can accept you and appreciate your honesty, and I can be honest with you back. And then we find out whether we're compatible. Honest to goodness, my wife could come to me and say, and this is, like I said, this isn't true, but she could come to me and say, Brandon, I want to sleep with a bunch of people. And she's still compatible in a relationship with me if she feels that way, but doesn't actually go and do it. Now, if she actually went and did it, I think I'd have a hard time staying in a relationship with her. Um, I was at a retreat, and this might be triggering to some people, so... I was at a retreat years ago and this guy who was a shell of himself, he stood up and he said, I need to say something out loud. He said, I'm attracted to children. And we all were like shocked. We're like, whoa. Um, and he said, I just need to say it because I've never acted on it and I never plan to act on it. I just need to get it out of me. And we all hugged him and accepted him and felt closer to him. Um, because he owned what was going on inside of him. Okay. Now, if he stood up and he said, I molested a child, I wouldn't be hugging him. Um, I would be revolted by that. Um, I would want him to get arrested. But he didn't stand up and, and say that. He stood up and said something else. And to say that 
is extremely vulnerable, extremely courageous, and extremely hard. And he's accepting that that's there inside of him. Um, accepting it does not mean that he needs to go then act upon it. He's more likely to act upon it if he rejects it and pretends like it's not there. Okay. And this is where a lot of the, the cultural messages around sexuality get in the way because what it does is it gives both the individual and the partner ammunition to fight against the reality of each other's sexuality. If I am if I am loaded up with shoulds, like I got a ton of them, and my wife's like, hey, I feel this way or I feel that way, and I'm just like, boom, boom, boom. No, you can't. No, you can't. No, you can't. How safe am I? Right. Um, my own fears of rejection and abandonment get triggered when you give me that reality about yourself. So you can't feel that. And then there's a lack of safety and a lack of trust. And ideally, both partners can show up honest and open. And then they can decide like, hey, let's do this together because it kind of fits within both of our framework for healthy sexuality and on our on our arousal template, let's like let's explore that together or this or whatever. Okay, uh, the last question I've been getting this question: What is the healing journey? Um, and this is my reclaim your heart group. Um, I'm starting a men's group November thirtieth at noon Mountain Time, and it is a journey. Uh, it's a journey of self discovery. It's a journey of uh, getting to know God better, understanding your life purpose, stepping into the cave you fear to enter. I'm starting a women's group January 4th at 10 a.m. on Thursdays, Mountain Time. Um, the group's 90 minutes long. It's weekly. It's going to last anywhere from 12 to 18 months. Um, part of the group, if you want, it's optional, is to go on a plant medicine retreat and... Um, it's it, we're going to do some deep healing trauma soul searching work and you're also going to connect to people and have support systems and all those things come into play so um go to the brandonpatrickshow.com go to the healing journey and under the healing journey there's an application you can fill out and then from there if the application process is good you'll get sent a link to actually sign up so uh, the men's group's getting pretty full, so do it sooner than later. Um, and the women too, like I, I'd get in there uh, because that one will fill up too. So, all right, you guys, that's my commercial for the day. Um, I hope uh, me discussing these questions has in the in the least bit got you thinking a little bit. Um, <laughs> I have a picture right over here. Um, uh, see if I can get it. See, that's a magpie. And people, when, you know, people ask me like, Hey, what's your, what's your spirit animal? And I say, it's a magpie. And they think a magpie, that's a junk bird. Um, but this is what's interesting about a magpie. A magpie is black and white. And when you see it, it's black and white. It's also a very smart um, animal. But if you look closely and if you shine certain light on a magpie, it's actually white and, and really dark, dark blue. Sometimes it's black, um, but it's, it's, it's really, it's a different shade of color that you can't really see. 
And so a lot of these questions and a lot of these topics that I talk about, I really am trying to get you to see a different shade of color to alleviate your suffering. Because if you're stuck in the, in the rigid black and whites of things, and you're getting certain results and certain outcomes in your life, you're going to continue to get those things until you can shift in a different way of thinking. Until you can shift your beliefs a little bit and see something different. It's not so black and white. Our spirituality, our sexuality, our relationships, God, it's not so black and white. Have a good day, you guys. We'll see you.